Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're starting a series on wrath and ruin. How to tactically destroy your marriage, have marital meltdown. And the first piece we're going to talk about today is the pitfalls of power dynamics in marriage, or we're going to call it divine dominance. Basically, this is when one person decides they are in charge. They are playing God in their marriage. And I'm going to do this a little differently today. I'm going to tell you a story. Everyone likes a good story. This is a story where the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Any resemblance to real life or real persons is accidental, right? Are you ready? Once upon a time, in a picturesque town on the edge of a majestic lake lived a couple named Emily and Jack. They'd been together for years and they shared a beautiful home. They had beautiful car, beautiful children. Their life in their home was filled with memories and laughter and joy. On the surface, their life seemed idyllic. But beneath the calm waters, there was a growing storm. Jack was a successful entrepreneur, and he was accustomed to taking charge in all aspects of his life. In his business, he was known for his assertiveness and making quick decisions. Over time, this dominant behavior began to spill over into his marriage with Emily. He would frequently make decisions for both of them without consulting her, asserting his control over their lives. Emily, she was gentle, kind-hearted. She tolerated Jack's behavior in the beginning. She believed it as an expression of his love. And in fact, it was. It's just the only way he knew how to express it. However, it didn't just stop at making quick decisions. Jack got more and more domineering. And over time, it started to wear on Emily. It eroded the trust and open communication that had once, their defined, had once defined their relationship. She began to feel suffocated, her voice silenced, and her opinions dismissed. So the power dynamics in their marriage continued to shift. Emily got quieter and quieter. Jack got louder and louder. Emily thought if she just didn't say anything, maybe the behavior would chill out. Maybe it would go away. Maybe this stage would pass. But she noticed that even their closest friends and family began to treat her differently. They began to defer to Jack in conversations as if he was the only one in authority. He was the only one with wisdom. And they would do this because anytime she spoke up, Jack would speak over her. So they just figured that's the way they wanted it. Of course, this just made Emily feel more inferior and her sense of self actually began to crumble because she was sort of twisting herself into a pretzel, keeping silent, not bringing up what was bothering her with Jack because she didn't want to rock the boat. She didn't want to make it worse. Well, one day, Emily was out for a walk. She bumped into Sarah, an old friend of hers. She hadn't seen her in years. They decided to catch up over coffee. And as Emily began to share her struggles, Sarah listened intently. Sarah had been through something similar 
And she explained to Emily that this was not okay. This was not a partnership. This is not how people who love each other treat each other. That Jack's behavior was way out of line, maybe even a little narcissistic, and she encouraged her to confront him. Emily's heart grew heavy as she realized the extent to which her marriage had been affected by Jack's domineering behavior. She knew that she could no longer stay silent and that change was necessary for the survival of her relationship, for her own survival. After a lot of thinking, a lot of contemplation, she gathered up her courage and brought the issue to Jack, hoping that he would see how she felt, would empathize with her, and would change his ways. That evening, Emily and Jack sat down to discuss the power dynamics in their marriage. Emily, with tears in her eyes, opened up about how Jack's control had undermined her trust, stifled communication, and made her feel disrespected, unheard, how she felt unheard. Jack listened quietly, but basically, he felt like he was being attacked. Even in her most vulnerable, vulnerable moment, he felt questioned. Like his, his leadership was being questioned. And having been dominant in his workplace and had dominant in his marriage for so long, he started defending himself and he attacked her back. He started dominating her even more. But this time, Emily didn't take it. She fought back. And she said, Jack, if you don't change, I'm getting a divorce. She stormed out. Well, of course, Emily didn't get a divorce right away. And over the following weeks and months, Jack and Emily fought more and more because Emily was done. And the more she fought, the more Jack reasserted his dominance over her. She was afraid of him. She was afraid of his emotional violence. He was so intense and expressive. She told him, Jack, I've seen a lawyer. I'm going to serve you with papers. And Jack finally got it that there was a real problem. He went and talked to his friends about it. And a friend of his told him about our Unbreakable Husband program. He got on a call. And in our program, he learned that the problem was that he was so angry that it was scaring Emily, that it, as a protector, he had broken his contract with her, that by scaring her and making her feel unsafe, by dominating her and not allowing her to be a real partner with him, by being controlling in a relationship that was meant to be equal, he had essentially broken his emotional contract with her and that if he didn't change, she was gonna leave him. Emily did actually serve him with papers as this was going on, by the way. Jack got even more scared and more motivated. He started cleaning up his side of the street. He told her, Emily, I've gotten involved with this program. I'm gonna change. And I'm gonna start by taking my anger and expressing it somewhere else. I'm gonna start by not being controlling. I may not do it perfectly, but I'm gonna clean up my side of the street. He learned new strategies for open communication, mutual respect, and slowly but surely, the storm that had been brewing beneath the surface began to subside and the calm waters returned again. First they became friends again, then they became lovers again, and now they're working towards creating a soul level, a soulmate level relationship. 
they have continued to navigate, navigate the complex journey of marriage and they've emerged stronger and more united than before. And Jack is crystal clear that he's gonna avoid the pitfalls and dynamics of being domineering in his marriage so that he never threatens the foundation of that relationship again. So let's talk about what happened in that story. Love that story. The first thing that happened was by being domineering and by making decisions for Emily, he degraded her, right? He basically made her feel like her opinions didn't matter. He eroded trust. He created a power imbalance. He was, by being dominant and not allowing her to speak up, by not allowing her to share what was important to her, he eroded his trust, her trust in him. Who knows, maybe he eroded his trust in himself, but he eroded his, her trust in him. And she became submissive and felt manipulated and felt uncared for, felt betrayed. And in that inequality, there was resentment because there was a lack of equal partnership and decision-making in daily life. Emily got more and more resentful. And let's face it, when she talked to Sarah and Sarah started saying, you need to do something about it. It wasn't hard for, for her to go from zero to 60. And for her to get, when Jack started spitting fire at her, she spat it right back at him. She made sure, she made sure that he was heard. And the funny thing is the first time she used the D word, he didn't hear her. He didn't hear her until she got really loud. And that's not unusual. It is not unusual in these situations for women to poke their husband and poke their husband and poke their husband. Sometimes they need to take a staycation. They go out and have an emotional affair or a financial affair while they're staying in the relationship or even a sexual affair while they're staying in the relationship. In Emily's case, it didn't go to that point. Emily's personal growth was stifled, and actually, Jack's was too, when you think about it. Whenever we're domineering of another person, we're not really focused on ourselves. We're not really focused on our own growth the way we could be. In a partnership, we are challenged. In an unequal dynamic, we are not. Emily, by submitting to Jack, limited her choices and therefore her ability to grow and be challenged until she stood up. She was actually discouraged from pursuing her own interests and goals or aspirations because she had decided that she was going to be in a supporting role, hoping it would change. There was also a quality of suppressed communication because Emily didn't feel free to speak up, to voice her concerns because she was afraid of upsetting Jack. There was just no real communication going on at any time that she did, even when she first used the D word, he didn't hear her. And then imagine for Jack, the implication of that. For him, there was no real communication. When one partner dictates to another, there isn't communication as we know it. There's, this is how it's gonna be. And it's done that way. Instead of, what do you think, right? In a real partnership, both people are participating in a real partnership. Both people are building together and they have different differing strengths that they bring to the table. But when one person is dominant, there isn't room for that. There's a lack of emotional intimacy in this kind of relationship. Intimacy is built on trust 
We already talked about how the trust had been broken. It's built on empathy. There can't be empathy when there's an emotional disconnect, when there's no trust. It's built on commu caring communication. And there's no caring communication when we say, this is how it's going to be, whether you like it or not. And the impact on Emily's self-esteem is that she felt less than. And Jack actually was coming from a place of less than also. He was bill billing himself as top dog because he felt inadequate. Like very often when people domineer, it's because they feel inadequate, they feel afraid, and so they feel a need to control. And this created an unhealthy dependency. Emily became dependent on Jack's decision-making in an unhealthy way. She stifled herself, stifled her own development, stifled her own need to express herself, she actually came to need, rely on Jack's dominance until it just became too much for her, until the decisions were so at odds with her prime values that she finally stepped out until she got the advice of a friend. It reinforced toxic patterns in their relationship. Power imbalances perpetuate and reinforce a toxic relationship. A toxic relationship is where one person feels better than the other, in control of the other, wiser than the other, smarter than the other. I've had a ton of clients who've come to me with this problem. And it makes it really difficult to break from this pattern when that, toxic, when that toxicity is in there. When you get used to twisting yourself into a pretzel to appease the toxicity of the other person, you absorb the toxicity yourself. You get used to it. You become acclimated to it. You hear about frogs, if you put frog in a pot of water and you slowly turn up the heat, the frog won't know that it's boiling to death until it's too late. You just turn up the heat a little more, the frog acclimates. Turn up the heat a little more, the frog acclimates. Turn it up until the water starts boiling. The frog does, just stays there, it doesn't know. The consequences on children are immeasurable. Witnessing a power dynamic teaches our children unhealthy communication communications. It teaches our children unhealthy ways of relating. It teaches our children that when we feel insecure, we should submit, or when we feel insecure, we should dominate. It teaches our children ways of relating that are unhealthy, and they internalize it, and they repeat it in their future relationships. So if you're in a relationship like this, you want to get out, at least for the sake of your children, or it, end of the pattern the way Emily did, right? In this case, Jack was ready to change. Balance in a partnership is key. Partnerships are based on two people with overlapping interests and vision who have differing strengths working together to achieve those, that vision to achieve that way of living together, to achieve greater love and intimacy and appreciation for one another. And that can't happen if there isn't balance. If you're a man and you're hearing this and you're interested in our Unbreakable Husband program, go to richinrelationship.com. If you're a woman who's experiencing this and wants some help with us, reach out to us also. We've got a program for you also. Look forward next week to learning about overwhelming your partner with unyielding emotions. Next week, we're going to talk about flooded feelings. We're going to discuss the importance of emotional regulation. As always, thank you for attending and have a terrific day.